DFS episode number 152. This is Greg Duncan. And I'm Gordon Beaming. And this is Josh Garver. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Yeah, I finally managed to stay up. <laughs> <laughs> Again, remind everybody where you're at, Gordon. Um, in sunny South Africa. It's now seven minutes past ten in the wow. evening. Now, do you find yourself actually adjusting to the later time or, or is most of your work local until you do ALM Ranger stuff or something, then you have to stay up late? Yeah, it's pretty much like that. But I mean, it's quite nice because you can focus during the day on work stuff. And then like where everyone in the States has sort of during the day, like mixed between Rangers and, and work focus, I get, hey, work's finished. Everyone in the States wakes up and I get to sort of switch context, which is quite nice. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we have a great guest today. Um He's been on the show a couple of times before, and when he released a new Pluralsight course, I know we had to get him on. Who was this magical mystery person? Benjamin Day. Ben Day is a consultant and trainer specializing in software development best practices using Scrum with Microsoft's ALM tools. Ben's main area of emphasis include Team Foundation Server, Scrum, software testing, and software architecture. He is a Microsoft Visual Studio ALM MVP, a certified Scrum trainer via Scrum Org, and a speaker at conferences such as TechEd and VS Live. When not developing software, Ben's been known to go running and kayaking in order to balance out his love of cheese, cured meats, and champagne. Dude, my, my wife loves her champagne. But oh, sorry. Uh, his <laughs> online courses are available at Pluralsight, and he can be contacted at www.benday.com. Mr. Benjamin, Mr. Benjamin, Mr. Day, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Nice job reading the bio. <laughs> <laughs> even, even I can't do a bio. Yeah, I can't do a bio without interjecting my own thoughts. I, I don't know what that says about. Well, I know what it says about. Me, but uh. so, what kind of champagne does your life does your wife like? Oh, um, Chardonnay. Okay. So she doesn't have, so she's like champagne. I don't really care which one it is. I just like it. Give it to me bubbly. (laughs) Pretty much. Now she's got the brand that she always gets and I I can, I know the look of it so I could go to the store and buy it for her, but I I can't tell you the name of it off the top of my head. So actually my, my wife and I were discussing um, champagne as, as it related to my online dating profile, which is where we met. And, uh, I was thinking about, so there's this guy who's famous in the champagne world. Uh, he lives here somewhere in Boston. His name is Terry Thies. Um, and I just love everything that he, he like imports. So he's like big into this like grower champagne and he's huge into uh, Rieslings and all this stuff. And uh, it was on my online dating profile and it was just kind of one of these like absolute random facts about me. And now I've brought that random fact onto your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I would encourage your wife to go like search out everything that Terry Thies writes about. And uh, that's where all the good champagne comes from. Uh, so she can be like a connoisseur of it as opposed to just a consumer consuming. Yeah. Let's go. talk about champagne for a bit. So there's two different kinds of champagne. Well, at least two different kinds. There's kind of like the commercial stuff. And then there's this stuff called grower champagne, which is like champagne made by obsessive artisans in their garage for like very low volume um, in the, you know, they're super small producers in the Champagne region, and their stuff is awesome. Um, so, anyway, that's enough. We should talk about TFS. Welcome <laughs> to Radio Champagne. Well, that's actually that's great because one of my dreams, as we totally go off the rails here, uh, my son-in-law and I want to, when he's out of the Navy, wants to open up a brewery. And we're trying to figure out how, because we both like beer and we both like craft beers and, and brewing it and stuff. We're trying to figure out how to bring my wife into it. So if we can do, you know, some 
you know, the grower champagne mixing. So you're, you're brewing bubbly. Oh, there you go. Dude, go for champagne. it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm not sure if you guys know Eric Weber. He's like another scrum.org trainer. Uh, he solved this problem by investing in a brewery in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. So now he has an excuse to go hang out <laughs> at his bar, quote unquote, all the time, which basically involves sampling, you know, making sure, you know, quality checking and all this kind of stuff. He <laughs> drinks a lot of beer and now it's technically his job because he's an investor. So I would say do that. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. So besides champagne, what yeah. have you been up to, Ben? Uh, uh, trying to take time off, failing at it pretty miserably. Um, I've got, uh, like, well, yesterday I, I finally released the TFS 2018 installation guide, which um, since TFS came out two weeks ago, it's like horribly late at this point. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, it's been two weeks and there's no install guide yet. So that, that was my day yesterday. <laughs> and we, we love your guides. We mention them every time they come out. Uh, but I liked the comment in the email that you sent about the guide. What, what did I say? Well, it just something on the order of, you know, not sure how this is really needed anymore, given how improved the installation experience is now. Yeah, it's like thinking back to TFS 2005 and 2008 and even 2010, that you could, there are myriad ways that you could screw up your installation. And like, uh, like, uh, I can't remember the dude's name, uh, whatever, they rewrote the installer a bunch of years ago. And after that, it became a lot easier. And and now that in my install guide, since the integration with SharePoint and SSRS is pretty much going away, uh, I decided not to do that, which saves a lot of steps and just it's just so much easier now. But there's it's there's still a lot of things that you need to do, especially once you get into setting up the build server that um, if you're not a stone cold expert in Team Foundation server, then it's kind of nice to have someone walk you through it. Yeah, because I mean, even though it, I mean, like I said, it's, it's got so much easier, it's 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 quite nice to just like you say have that guide there. Um, I used to enjoy the Rangers used to have the install and upgrade <laughs> guides, and that was always just something as a, a yeah I am doing the right thing and not like you, you spend a day installing TFS, getting your server ready, and then after a couple of hours you're like yeah it doesn't work, and, you, and then you not don't quite know where you've gone wrong. So I mean this is brilliant. It's like step by step, screenshot well, actually, by screenshot. Yeah. I mean, even when I do a TFS installation for a customer, I will use my own guide step by step to make sure I'm doing it the way I know will work and to also have some proof for the customer and say, this is what I built for you here. If you need to do it, this is where you start. So we were talking about things that we like about Ben. Ben. <laughs> Another thing that we like is your, your vast array of Pluralsight courses. And it, you've got a new one out, DevOps Skills for Developers with Visual Studio and TFS 2017. I kind of feel like that's might be a little old, given. <laughs> yeah, it's already dated. It's uh, <laughs> it, Literally, it was like, so first off, recording this course nearly killed me. Um, it took almost all summer. Uh, it turned into eight and three quarter hours. And I honestly could have done a whole lot. I could have done three more hours because there's so much stuff in the product. Um, but as I'm getting towards the end of delivering this, like you start seeing on the internal Microsoft uh, list, is it, oh, hey, we're going to be dropping uh, TFS in like two weeks. And I'm like, oh, kill me now. <laughs> um, so, so that course just came out and it's sort of end to ends, but... Uh, and it was painful and it 
I mean, literally my teeth hurt because I was so stressed out all summer long, um, trying to get this thing out the door. And I was thinking to myself, I'm never going to record another Pluralsight <laughs> course again. And then what did I do last week? I just signed up for yet another Pluralsight course. So um, now that this one's out, I'm going to be doing the uh, Getting Started with VSTS um, 2018 edition. Uh, and that's supposed to be, that's due in a couple months. So in 2019, we'll be asked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> my editor will, will come to my house and shame me to my desk if it's not done by uh, like in the next month or so or next two months. Yes, I mean, so I mean, I've done a couple, I mean, on my blog, I did videos like, and I, I think I had a similar thing. I just had like very basic, like stepping through VSTS, at which point when I finished them, and that was only over like, a couple of weeks like everything was outdated like what what's like what's the process like for you like i mean i know from well, doing books it's like yeah when i'm finished this is going to be out of date like how do you like make it so it's still like relevant i guess well so hopefully with you know all joking aside hopefully with the course that just came out i'm targeting on-prem tfs primarily so tfs 2017 and there are tons of customers that i talk to all the time haven't even upgraded to TFS 2015 yet. So um, 2017 is going to be pretty new for a while for a lot of people, yeah. especially in that on-prem world. But the second part is that I'm really trying to think uh, more theoretical. Like, what do we need to do to set up a DevOps pipeline? And what's the theory behind why we care, why we're doing it? So that even though the UIs might change a little bit, like no one's going to be super lost because I'm telling them yeah. why. So then they'll know what to look for. Okay. That's quite cool. Cause yeah, I mean, look, you do see like, if you go on YouTube looking for answers for stuff, guys like, Hey, this is this exact, do this, this, and this. And they don't sort of tell you the thinking behind why they're telling you to do that, that, and that. Um, that's pretty cool. So one of the things we try to do, uh, or what I try to do in the course was to separate some of the theoretical stuff into its own, um, its own chapter. So we've got, like a DevOps mindset and DevOps metrics that I sort of talk through the theory of work and wait time, lead time, cycle time. And I'm not doing too, too much stuff with actual TFS. So that hopefully fingers crossed, like that'll be relevant for a while. Yeah. And I want to give people, I want to give our listeners just a, a, a quick read of the, each of the modules of it. So you guys understand the kind of things we're talking about. Uh, DevOps focusing on what's important, consolidating your team source code with version control, planning and tracking your team's work, automating build and deployments, managing and deploying SQL Server database code, which I'm going to come back to, feature flags, simplifying branching and deployments, DevOps release pipelines with uh, Visual Studio release management, deploying ASP.NET 4.6 with RM, deploying .NET Core and ASP.NET Core with RM, uh, deploying containers with TFS build and release management, QA testing, and automated UI testing our tests with Selenium. So those are the, the topics that we're talking about. And, and the scope of that, Ben, I, I just have to... <laughs> You know, I know you're, it was so painful, but I love how you touched on everything, including the <laughs> SQL Server. Uh, you gotta have SQL Server if you don't figure out how. Well, let's let's actually not SQL Server. You have to cover whatever your storage right. stuff is, or your DevOps pipeline is gonna be wobbly. <laughs> is that a technical you, term? Yeah, you wobbly. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> if uh, if you can't deploy the whole app, then like. It, you're you're lost but but actually as you're reading that off i'm like oh yeah i had to do all that stuff for asp.net 4.6 like all the .NET framework stuff and then do it all again for core 
And then for both of those, I did it with on-prem and with Azure. Uh, and I actually was going to do a section on how to do all that stuff with Linux, but then I was like, this is going to be a 15 hour course. <laughs> like with all the .NET core stuff, everything got like two X yeah. harder or, or, or too much, two X bigger. Like, how are you guys handling this in, in your lives as like consultants and leaders and all that kind of stuff? By just bookmarking some stuff in your course now to start going through tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Ignoring it and hoping it'll go away. Okay. How, how's that work out? Yeah, not so too far? well so far, but uh, yeah, we've had, yeah. I, I have to I was go ahead, say, Josh. We've got a couple of pockets of, of folks here that are, yeah. are doing some stuff with core and the hope is that they are going to help figure out how to do it so the rest of the folks can kind of pick that up through osmosis or fusion or any other type of weird random absorption techniques. Sure. Absolutely. Flooding. Yeah. Uh, and to put yeah. my grumpy Greg hat on, maybe if we wait long enough, it'll go away. You know, it'll be depreciated and we won't have to worry about it. Actually, I was on a panel discussion a few weeks ago and the panel discussion was basically the future of .NET. And I almost wonder, half, half 75% joking, that what will actually go away will be .NET Framework and that core will be what we're left with. So I'm sorry, dude, you're going to have to learn yeah. .NET core sooner rather than later. <laughs> What's interesting for me with .core is like everything's, it's the same, but it's different. So like you, you, you can't always just apply the same stuff that we've been doing for the last forever, like with MS Build and everything just working. You're like, you, you try that with .core and it's like, yeah, I, I'm not going to work for you. Like at the moment, I've got this really strange scenario where the build runs um, I've compared the configuration on our build server and my dev machine, and it's both exactly the same. And I've had no time to debug why the build doesn't work on the on the on the the build machines, but it does work on my machine. So as a hacker for the moment, I run like two standalone of the the build agents on my machine. So I just like fire two of those consoles up, and I let 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 that running. So the guys that are doing dot core builds just build through my machine until I can debug oh, so, it. So literally, it's exactly the same version of dot net core. Yeah, and it just doesn't want to work on the server for some reason. So I'm busy going through and just making sure that it is like exactly, exactly the same. And we install the same components everywhere. Um, all the other, the devs and like the not devs as well, like our visual guys have installed the same version we've put on the build server. We sort of installed it on their machine and the build server at the same time. So like it was the same XEs that we ran in both places, the builds on their machines as well. It just doesn't build on the build server. It's the like most odd thing. So my machine just gets hammered every now and again as, as builds kick off. It's great fun. That's bizarre. <laughs> That's kind of what, uh, I haven't gotten to this point yet, but you can run all those builds inside of a container. So it's like if everyone points to the same container, it sort of solves your problem. Yeah, well, I mean, that's why I've, that's one of the main reasons now I've, I've flagged like that module with the containers and stuff. It's yeah. also saying that I've, I mean, this, the surface area of like what we, we're dealing with like in TFS and VSTS is just growing at such a rapid pace. Like I've got a million things flagged for get to this and play with it, like to understand. And I mean, lots of the things I've got service fabric installed. I've got Docker installed. I've loosely played with them, but now it's just like, there's all these things installed, which I just don't have time to play with. And I'm, I'm reaching the point now where I'm going through my list. And I'm like, what can I realistically throw off this list to make the list look manageable so I can actually get two things? Yeah. Um, right. Like the, at, I, I hear you. I struggle with that all the time. And like uh, t today started out kind of 
kind of grim. Like I was in the shower. I'm like, Oh, I hate my life. Like my career is going nowhere. Uh, (laughs) What am I going to do like to make money? How am I going to keep up? And it's that, it's that struggle. Like, like everything is changing. And like, I'm, I'm 43 and I feel like the older I get, the more people want to pay me for leadership and to be a therapist (laughs) for their company and the less time and the less likely it is that they want to have me spend like writing code or something. And I'm, I, I just want to get back to like, like dive into Azure and like, let's figure out how to scale Cosmos DB and write a great app like that. But yeah, you get, you're just distracted constantly. There's so much new stuff to, to learn. Yeah. I use uh, code luck um, in visual studio and stuff. And the other day I was going over my stats and I was like, wow, I got like two and a half hours of dev done the one day. I was like, and I was so amazed that I could actually be in visual studio for two and a half hours out of like an eight hour day, nine hour day. Aren't and I was like, and just think a couple of years ago, it's like only two and a half hours. Like, what do you do with the rest of the time? And it's like, yeah. Aren't those the best days? You know, oh, when you look great. back and you say, yeah. damn, I wrote some code today. It's like, ah, oh, love yeah. those days. Yeah, I hear you guys. But at yeah, the same some, time, some like, like, it's, it's, carry on. <laughs> okay. At the same time, like when you actually dive in and uh, like, like if you've done a DevOps release pipeline, it's so satisfying. Even though you didn't write any of the code, you still like you've delivered. Like that's the yeah. part that's really interesting. Like the developing the code is cool. Like it feels good. It's like an internal scratch itch that we scratch. But the DevOps stuff of actually deploying that code, that is where we actually deliver customer value. Yeah. I mean, for me, you get that first high of, hey, the first, like, everything's green. And then you get the next high of, hey, it's red because, like, a quality gate is breaking, stopping something bad from getting out. And, like, yeah. I don't love it. Guys, like, oh, the builds, the, the tests are failing. I'm like, yes, it's validated. <laughs> it's working. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's like, that's, it's, I, how do you convince teams to, to write tests? Like, I, I'm in this thing where I, I feel like um, in our community, in like sort of the Microsoft MVP world, like in the scrum.org world, everyone's kind of like, yeah, you should be doing behavior-driven development and BDD and you should use, you know, whatever, Gherkin and blah, blah, blah. And I feel like for most of my customers, that is so far away from reality and just getting them to write even a somewhat useful unit test. And it probably isn't even a unit test. It's an integration yeah. test. But getting them to write anything is an accomplishment like so so how are you all like convincing anyone to actually go do that stuff well i've got Uh, one normally like yeah go for it greg okay the the one thing that we try to do and that i've done doing doing here and in past lives on it the, the the one of the critical features is that it the the team and the management have to understand that testing tests are code you know so it's not just delivering a feature just coding up a feature. And, you know, that feature is not done until there is some sort of unit tests around it. And it's not an wasted investment. It's not an extra investment. It's not a nice to have. It's, it's just part of what you do. Um, and the other thing that I want to do to help encourage that, you know, we got a sonar cube set up. My partner in crime, Oscar, a couple of months ago set up sonar cube. So we run in our nightly builds. We run all of our apps through that. And I really want a big, uh, build board up on a big screen and kind of do a little peer pressure and have the the defects and the grades, the sonar cube grades, A, B, C, D, Fs up there. So anybody and everybody can see them. You know, so it okay. kind of encourages or, or um, you know, you don't want to see your project with a big F on it. Organizational change yep. uh, mm-hmm. and leading through shame. 
<laughs> okay, is the shame part bad? I, I, I <laughs> yes, Greg. I don't know. It's not. It's not really my vibe. But you know, maybe so. There's like in the world, there's kind of like two really uh, accepted frames for how people work. There's sort of like the the strict father frame where like father knows best and authority figures say blah, blah, blah. And they will like judge you if you're wrong versus the sort of nurturant parent model. And like I'm that nurturant parent hugs, kisses like, oh, come over here. Let's have some cake. Oh, we should talk. And uh, like it's just sort of a. A different mode. So and maybe you're a strict yeah, father, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just not my style. Uh, <laughs> ben, okay, let's. Uh, you dropped out for a second, so we'll okay. put it just after the the authority <laughs> figures, right? Okay, <laughs> that's when I muted you. I don't remember what we're <laughs> okay, yeah, right, right on. So, what do we do for recovering from that? Uh, just we'll do a pause and then start out. Um, Greg's probably just going to leave us in. He says that he takes it out. Yeah. It records locally, and then we upload at the end, right? So. Should. Should. <laughs> Keyword. Um, or we'll just leave all this in if it all works out, and, you know, everybody's all, oh, that's Radio TFS. You know, blooper reel. <laughs> the whole thing is a blooper reel. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> okay, so let, let's let's move on here. Okay. We're half hour. We've got about uh, 20 minutes left. Um, I, I did want to, even though we're supposed to be moving on, uh, uh you want to talk about champagne? Yeah, more? really. No, I wanted to talk about the SQL Server database code. And it, considering our NDA agreement, the um, SSDT uh, ALM Champs PGI uh, Project Group Interaction call that we had this week. Can we talk about uh, well, that? Well, no, not not the details of it. None, none of the details we on it. We can talk about it, the fact that it existed, like that we had oh, the call. Yeah, well, we talk about all these PGIs that we have, and Anisha talked about them too on her thing. So we, the fact that I we felt have really the PGI. for the dude that was leading it the other day. And that's where I wanted to go on it. it and just we've talked about this on the show and how the ALM MVPs are politely strong in their opinions. And yeah, man, this one was a pitchforks and torches strong opinion show. I don't know if I've seen a PGA quite that where, where the people were so adamant. So, so I, I uh, man, it's funny that you mentioned this because I ended up talking about how that went with my wife over dinner last night. Uh, like at the beginning of it, it was pretty tame. And I, I am Brian Randall. We were, <laughs> like, I just, I, I am to him. I said, I could just tell already the ALM MVPs are going to eat this dude alive. He doesn't even know what's coming. And he was just LOL'd. And then it was really, it was kind of a uh, an average bland call for a while. And I was like, I need some popcorn. So I got up and I microwaved a little mini bag of popcorn and I came back. <laughs> and I came back into my office and people were screaming. I was like, what happened? Yeah, there was no real, it was just one of those things where it was like, wow, that escalated quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like that scene from Anchorman. So the important thing, though, uh, for listeners, for you guys listening out there is that, the, you know, we talk about Microsoft listening. Well, this was, our MVPs were the champions and uh, the um, encouragers of Microsoft listening. And, you know, we vent about stuff being depreciated or stuff being changed or uh, not being invested in. Uh, yeah, the product teams is hearing this and, and they heard it this week. That That's for sure. Like a way of thinking about MVPs, like just to those of us listening to the podcast that are not MVPs, like a way to think about us MVPs is that we're kind of like your members of the House of Representatives. So 
if you've got stuff that you've figured out that is just except we just work a for a stinky little, mess. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, um, <Sorry. laughs> come to us and tell us what you think that Microsoft should, should hear. And then we can actually deliver it on your behalf. And that's kind of what those calls are like. Yeah. So like, for example, with the uh, SQL Server data tools thing, like, oh, we let that guy know what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> and he was so shell-shocked at the end. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> Imagine if he were talking about licensing. Oh. At that point? At that point? Like, I can't remember. What, I, who, who's that guy that always comes and does the licensing calls? But, uh, James. Like, James. Oh, that guy is a saint. <laughs> he takes so much. I don't know what happened to him in his life, but like he takes abuse well. <laughs> I kind of feel like licensing calls should should uh, I remember should start and end with the chase music from Benny Hill, just to set the context. <laughs> yes, yeah. I remember. Um, I think it was like two summits ago, maybe three. There was a a new PM uh, that had never experienced the MVPs before, and I, I remember some of the other guys were like. Um, laughing to himself that like this guy's about to be eaten alive and it also it was yeah. it was tame for a little while and then brian randall started talking <laughs> and then yeah <laughs> yeah all right josh get us back on track man all right so we so we went in a few different directions on versions of things right so stranger things versioning things all that good stuff mm. um Let's let's talk about the release cadence for TFS and a couple of different things, the the actual cadence of the releases and the update schemes as well. Ben, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, for our customers, it's awesome. For those of us that are writing content, it can be scary. Uh, back to that Pluralsight course, like it took me six months to write and record it. And halfway through, uh, .3 update came out and it was like changed all the UIs and release management. So that was kind of an adventure, but... The great thing about it is that Microsoft is shipping much higher quality product and that bug fixes come to us so much faster now. Um, not to mention the fact that we get new features on a pretty regular basis. So I think it's it's pretty good. What about you guys? Yeah, I love it. I mean, sometimes the users don't like it as much because they're they whole moving their cheese. Like, hey, the new build's out, by the way. Hey, Buck, is this safe to use? Yeah. <laughs> Run extensive tests. Okay, next, 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 finished. Um, Buck, I have problems. Uh, some stuff's not working because I have extensions that I failed to test this last upgrade. But yeah, it happens. It, actually, ex developing extensions is kind of an adventure. Uh, like I, I've got some build customization stuff that I've written, and like, yes, yeah, sure. Like you don't realize how complex the deployments environments are until you start getting uh, quote unquote fan mail. <laughs> uh, letting you know all the things that you missed. <laughs> yeah, I really like that lots of guys have like open sourced their stuff. So I mean, there's one extension that I used for re replacing like the info. I think it's like called assembly info or something. It just replaces like the information inside the, the assembly info CS files. And it takes like a, a path, but it doesn't. So I wanted to say like, take everything, but exclude like these paths. And like I, I posted on the guy's page and he, didn't do anything about it. So I made a change and then did a pull request back in. I mean, because we've got the code, we're running like our own custom version um, of that extension until he then uh, pulled it back into the product. And then we switched back to like live again, which is really cool. Yeah, that is that. I, I actually, I probably should be publishing more stuff on GitHub. Uh, right now I've published exactly zero things. Um, but yeah, just being able to take, uh, take polls from other people is super powerful. And once again, like this is enabled by the fact that Microsoft now has Git as a 
you know, uh, an actual source control provider under TFS and VSTS. It really changed, it's changed my life. Do you remember when extending TFS was, hey, Tiago, um, can I get the latest update from your extension? Yeah. <laughs> like, and it was amazing. Like, you'd watch him, like, do a presentation about how he developed an extension. You're like, how did you figure that out? <laughs> yeah, because, I mean. And it was always a miracle. Yeah, I was trying to figure it out. And then, he, like, he said, hey, I'll give you some tips. Like, there's, there's exactly three pages on the whole internet that tells you how to do this and they're in some random language. So like I went there and did a, a Google translate and it didn't work out that quite like that well for me. But then he's like, Hey, this is how he goes about like figuring out all this random stuff. And then guess what? There's an update because the cadence picks up and okay, so I need to fix all my extensions. They've changed the namespaces of things, which of course you can't complain about because it's not supported stuff that you're doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And how do you guys feel about the new, uh, Update schemes, though, that, you know, dot one is a bug, dot two is a feature, dot three is a bug, and then they're essentially done doing on-prem updates. Yeah, for, for the, for I'm some of us. totally sure what you mean by that. Actually, did I miss something on the, on the champs list? Actually, Brian, I think, blogged about that. They, they, they changed that for the 2017 cycle on it. And basically, I'll have to dig up the post on it. But yeah, basically, it's the, the dot one was a bug fix release. Dot two was the feature release. Dot three was a bug fix. And there's no expectation for a dot four for 2017. Oh, I get what you mean. I think that's fine. You're getting what you're paying for, I suppose. Yeah. For, for- Which, uh, you know, because of how it, it's all licensed, it's coming through your MSDN subscription, probably uh, more likely than not. Yeah, for those of us that are envious of the guys in VSDS, it's it sucks a bit because mm-hmm. now we only get a, a, a fix like every six months but yeah otherwise it's cool it's all chill <laughs> <laughs> well actually that's a good point about the VSTS thing because like when you uh like they just publish their roadmap or something of of features that are in TFS 2018 versus features that are in uh, uh VSTS and when are they going to show up on prem and I look through that and it it felt like over 50% of the new features that are on VSTS were just set to, uh, we have no roadmap or estimate on when it's going to show up on-prem. And that's starting to say to me like that VSTS development is really, really pulling away and that Microsoft is trying to send us a gigantic message, move your customers to the cloud. Yeah, I think that's kind of almost exactly where it's happening. I've got something that slightly derails this completely, not TFS, well, slightly TFS and ALM and uh, VSTS related. But do you guys know much about Git? So, I mean, for me, I'm the the TFVC Git user. The hey, I use distributed source control centrally. I'm that guy. Um, <laughs> but like, has the prune command always been there? Because like, a, probably like a week or two ago, like I don't even think it was as far as two weeks ago, I did something. And the command line suggested to me that I run a prune. And since I've heard that that time, I've probably done like a prune about 50 times because suddenly all my branches are, I mean, all my repos are in like broken locally and hey, just prune and just fixes everything. And now I see in the VS, um, 2017 preview release under like the global settings, you can now uh, tell it that you want to do a prune before every fetch. So like, is that something that's new or have I just like been missing this my whole life? No, I think the prune command's been there for quite a while. I don't know that it's been there since the beginning. I'm not a, a Git historian by any means, but I know it's been there for, for a little bit. 
used it in a couple of different contexts. I think the, the integration to do the prune prior to fetch is, is new, obviously, preview, but the command itself, I think, has been out there for a while. So from the millions of times me running it in the last couple of weeks, they're like, yeah, this is a feature that guys really need. <laughs> Added it to the preview. <laughs> oh, awesome. Cool. Now we can un-derail again. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, we, we, we've said now that like 2018's come out and, for me, 2018 is old already. I'm looking forward to 2019. Um, but just because, I mean, 2017 has been out for very long and it's, it's quite like stable or oh, it is very stable. I was just wondering, like, what, your, what do you think is your coolest feature in TFS 2017, like around DevOps specifically? It's a tough one. Um, well, around DevOps, I would say that I really like approvals on your release pipelines, like just that, that magical thing of like, Okay, we're going to go to stage now because Joey Jojo Shabadoo uh, just approved um, this release. Like, is that's awesome. Um, more generally, I think package management in TFS is just stellar. Like, it it changes how you structure everything in version control from that point forward. Could you repeat the name of the person that was doing that approval, please? <laughs> <laughs> that would be Joey Jojo Shabadoo. Uh, and that's his real name because he repeats no. it the same way. Yeah. Uh, no, Josh, I'm not going to try to repeat that. Good try. Come on. Good try, my friend. sense of adventure. Come on. It's a Simpsons quote, right? <laughs> so it's one of, the, it's one of the, the last remaining things that makes me even plausibly somewhat a little tiny bit cool. <laughs> What's the ugliest feature? Oh, hands down. Easy. It is uh, code reviews in TFVC. I thought you were going to go to team rooms, but I would just... <laughs> <laughs> what feature is that? I, I don't remember that feature. Yeah. No, I think I mean have you you all have done code reviews with TFEC? It's it's unusable. It is unusable and it's been unusable since day one. I don't know of a single team that's that I work with that still uses TFEC. We we jumped ship yeah, jump ship a long time ago. Everything just feels better. And now that we've got a magic prune command, everything's gonna stay better. <laughs> Magic prunes. <laughs> Magic the, prunes the with Ben Day. I think that's the yeah, show the title. solution to everything. Prunes will make you feel better. You know what I mean. <laughs> Wednesday motivation. Well, we've only we've, we've got about ten minutes left, so um, we're going to start focusing and uh, start wrapping up the interview. There's a couple news items I want to make sure we get, um, but. Uh, Ben, what did we like forget to ask you? What should we have asked you? What should have been that thing that we asked you about your Pluralsight course, uh, about you, about TFS 2017, about Champagne? What have we forgotten to ask? Uh, man, I have no idea. Um, I don't know. I think you did a pretty good job. Uh, miscellaneous uh, trivia for me. I, like, I got my first child showing up uh, in February. So, oh, congrats. Um, thank you. So, uh, mostly it's just like, how do I not be terrified and how do I still be a, a traveling consultant when I have a daughter sitting at home? Like, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm open to advice. So if anyone has any advice, <laughs> please let me know. Follow me on Twitter at Ben Day. Feel free to give me your parenting <laughs> advice. You know, f fake it, fake it till you make it. You know, father starts with an F for a reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, and what it, whatever your wife says, oh, just listen yeah. to her. She is right. Yeah. Okay. Just uh, just accept the feedback that you get from your wife and move yeah. on. Yeah, it works for me. <laughs> yeah, as right? my wife okay. says, she has three kids: my daughter, my son, and myself. So 
<laughs> I certainly have my moments where I feel like a toddler. Like I just get whiny and crabby, and it's terrible. But actually, when you're talking about feedback, like feedback from your your sig uh, other, mm-hmm. like have you all noticed this when working with Microsoft? Like, like there's I notice that there's a tell that when you're telling them that you want something to happen or something to change, when they are never ever 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 going to do the thing that you're asking for they will say oh that's good feedback and that's a like, if you hear that's good feedback just give it up it's never happened no, the best was a couple of years ago because i mean uh, aaron bjork at, at the summits was like cool we'll add that to the backlog and then the one year he just changed it to oh that's great feedback and you're like wait a minute you're telling me the same thing differently yeah well, yeah it's like I'll add it to the backlog. I'm not going to tell you where the priority number <laughs> yeah. is. It's going to be in 32.maxpel. <laughs> but uh but it is on the backlog. There's also that's fair feedback which I think pertains to uh feedback that they don't necessarily have an immediate answer to. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. That's but fair. remember this as as a parenting tip because they're going to do the same thing. Uh child's going to ask, "Can we do this?" Uh maybe. We'll see. That's great okay. feedback. You know, that's, <laughs> we'll put that in the backlog. Can I have lunch, dad? I'll I want a toy. On the backlog. On the backlog. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. I, I know for a fact that I am going to be teaching my kids about, uh, like agile project management, like by age two. Uh, <laughs> do you all know, um, David Starr? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Dave wrote a course. I think actually there's a course on Pluralsight that is for this. Like he has written a class. He's been written in, up in the Wall Street Journal, he and his wife developed a class like Agile for Families. And that's how he literally, they all run their family. It's astounding. And it appears to work. Have you, did you ever see the, the April Fool's <laughs> video about Jira Jr.? No. Oh, you need to watch that. Okay. Oh, and I'm, I'm going to find that. That's so hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they put out a, a joke video about having kids using Jira. And like, it has all of the, the usual stereotypes of, of a typical project management scenario. It's so funny. I'm going to Google that as soon as we're done. <laughs> and we'll have the Agile Families Techniques for Living with Change by David Starr in our show notes. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, I, I, I know we wanted to get some news, Greg, but just out of interest, I mean, because it's, yeah. it's an area I haven't sort of gone into, not something I was just wondering. Um, I mean, you've done like a, a lot of uh, Pluralsight courses um, already. It's like for guys that are getting like that are new to like either just authoring videos in general or specifically Pluralsight um, videos, like what tips or tricks do you have for them to sort of help them get like their message across without it just being a, hey, yeah. I'm clicking on some stuff type of thing? I think, uh, yeah, that's a big problem for some people. There's some videos out there, YouTube plural site, Linda, whatever, that's just like, wow, this is deadly dull. Um, it, but this, actually, this tip works for presentations. It it works for conversations with executives, like, uh, and it works for training. Like, think about what you believe before you start dumping into something. Like, like figure out what am I, what am I trying to say? Uh, and why do I think it's important? And the why you think it's important is almost more important than what are you trying to say? Because if you understand why it's important to you, then what you're trying to say follows from that. Um, and it's it just makes the communication so much easier. Oh, awesome. Thanks. Um, but another one, like, I, I don't know if this works for everybody, um, but I don't like to have a script. Um, I, I feel like if I read a script, it just is like, and now you are going <laughs> to do DevOps by clicking on this button. And it 
just gets kind of deadly dull as opposed to if I improvise my way through what I'm trying to say, it sounds super conversational. Um, what you, I end up having to do more edits. Like you edit out all the swears and the <laughs> and stuff. Uh, but it, yeah, it, I think you get a different kind of video. Okay. I do my my presentations along that style. Yesterday I had a, a six hour Azure workshop. It's like, hey, here's some high level points. It's like, yeah, you don't have much notes there. It's like, yeah, the notes sort of like kill the vibe a bit. <laughs> yeah. That, well, like with Agile, like uh, I, I was just talking to a customer this afternoon and I'm, I'm trying to convince them to do some scrum training because I think that they want to do an Agile transformation. They they want to be Agile. Um, and their problem is, is that their executives want the teams to be Agile, but the teams don't think that there's a problem with how they deliver right now. And they also don't know how to organize their work and they don't really care about Agile. So like trying to command the organization to do an agile transformation from the executives down like it's just never going to work like they're going to need to like actually sit down with their people and teach them how to be agile and teach them not just how to do a backlog but here's why we care about a backlog and here's why we care about definition of done and here's why we organize the work the way we do because like so many developers just see it as like I'm going to write some code. I'm going to check it in. And man, like, I'm not sure where I'm going with this, but yeah, <laughs> it's great. Hire me. I'm good. <laughs> I mean, I'm articulate. Thing, <laughs> but the thing is there as well, it's like when you, when you don't have a plan, like everything just feels so disruptive. It's like, Hey, I'm, I'm doing this work. Oh, this is on fire. Go run there. And then, Oh, I forgot to finish off this other thing. It's like, there's just so much chaos. Um, and as soon as you start like, getting some methodology whether you you're pulling pieces from like scrum and some from agile and some from whatever else like just having a methodology that's even self-made um at least it's something that you can work as a team on and everyone when you say a term everyone understands what that means and everyone can work together yeah actually in the the new plural site course i think probably Within the first five minutes, I talk about uh, like the, the actual data about developers and their productivity if they have one, two, three, four, or five simultaneous tasks they're trying to do. And if you have five simultaneous tasks, you have 75% waste and you're only spending 5% of your time on each task. And man, that, that's like one of those core values. This is why we do Agile. This is why we do Scrum. We're trying to create focus because if you try to multitask, you're going to waste a lot of time on context switch. So if you're trying to do five things simultaneously, that's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and half a Thursday gone before you're actually productive. Like So like helping to like get people to grok that idea, be like, oh yeah, that's why we should do Scrum and Agile is where we should have focus. Like, man, that's that's hard to to get into people's heads. Yep. All right. Well, you know what? We're not going to get to the news. Um, that's just yes. we're running out of time. <laughs> Listeners, we will have the, the news we couldn't talk about. We'll still have them in the show notes. We'll have the links in the show notes. Make sure you come to RadioTFS.com to, to see those notes. We'll have link to uh, Ben Day's uh, uh, site courses. You can always find him at www.benday.com on Twitter slash Ben Day, D-A-Y. And did I miss anything? Any any last closing thoughts in the, in the two seconds that we've got left? Uh, where do babies come from? <laughs> you know that already, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to uh, answer that question, send us an email, <laughs> radiotfs at outlook.com. You can find us on Twitter at radiotfs. We're on Facebook slash radiotfs. 
and voicemail. Again, nobody's leaving us voicemail. I have to leave us voicemail to play the voicemail, just to make sure that the voicemail works. <laughs> It's 1-425-233-8379. Also, our sticker offer is still open. All right. If you guys want some radio, some free Radio TFS stickers, send me a tweet and I'll ask you to DM me your address and or email us with your address and I'll send you some stickers and I'll throw in some DevOps stickers as a bonus. And I'll give enough for you and a couple of your friends. Uh, if they're in the UK or in Europe, Martin will send them to you. If you're here in North America, in, uh, North America, I'll send them to you. Or you can go to our website and we have links to the sticker mule stickers for those. And you can buy 50, 60 of them, you know, so you can make, uh, have all your friends and family. They make great stocking stuffers. <laughs> uh, Mr. Day, thank you for coming on the show, my friend. Hey, thanks a lot for having me again. Absolutely. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to Radio TFS. 